to Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems Tech Talk podcast. Our goal is to bring you useful information and offer solutions for your applications and analytical needs. Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems represents a group of companies existing of Teledyne Techmar, Teledyne SeaTech, Teledyne Lehman Lab, and Teledyne Hastings. Welcome back to the Tax Talk podcast. Today we're discussing thermal vacuum gauges. Our guest speaker is Doug Baker, who is the Director of Sales and Business Development at Teledyne Hastings. Doug is going to talk with us today about thermal vacuum gauges, what they are, how they work, their benefits, applications, and best practices, along with some unique features. So before we start, I'd like to give you a quick background on Doug. Doug is the Director of Sales and Business Development for Teledyne Hastings Instruments, which I mentioned earlier. Um, Teledyne Hastings Instruments is one of the business units within the Teledyne Advanced Chemistry Systems or tax group of companies here at Teledyne. Prior to moving into the sales team, Doug was an engineering manager at Hastings where he worked to develop both the flow and vacuum products. Doug has earned his PhD from William & Mary in experimental atomic physics, where he was very fortunate to learn about ultra-high vacuum from several mentors. Doug is active with the American Vacuum Society, or otherwise known as AVS. He is a former chair of the Vacuum Technology Division of the AVS and currently serves as the treasurer of the Mid-Atlantic Chapter. So thank you, Doug, for joining us today. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Hi, Betsy. Thanks for having me. We're glad that you're here with us. So why don't we start off by giving us a, a good description of what vacuum gauges are. What is it? Sure, so I wanted to talk today about thermal vacuum gauges. And those are a class of instruments that indirectly measure pressure by measuring the rate of thermal energy transfer of the gauge in the vacuum system. Now that sounds kind of complicated, but it's really not. In short, these gauges work by heating something in the vacuum. Usually it's a small, very fine wire and simultaneously measuring its temperature. Or another approach is to use the energy required to keep that heated element hot. And there are three different types of thermal vacuum gauges, uh, thermocouple, prani, and the thermistor. And we're gonna talk about uh, thermocouple gauges and prani gauges today. Good, good. That's, I'd like to learn more about these. I've heard a lot about them. So how do they work? Okay, um, so when we're talking about the operation of a thermal vacuum gauge, I, I think it's helpful to first picture what's exactly happening inside a vacuum. So let's say we have a, a chamber, we have a system, and it's been pumped down to the millitor region or lower. And it's pretty easy to reach those kinds of pressures using a, a dual vane pump or a turbo molecular pump system. Now, we can think of the gas in a system as a collection of independent molecules that are zipping around and they're, they're zipping around very quickly at speeds averaging half a kilometer per second with very long mean free paths. So one of those molecules in a vacuum would finish a, a 5K run in about 10 seconds. <laughs> so really zipping around, right? That's actually quite a bit faster than any of my most recent 5K times. <laughs> Mine too. That's, that's another subject. <laughs> All right. Um, so we say that the gas is in molecular flow regime. In other words, it's far more likely for the molecule to travel across the vacuum system and hit a wall or hit something in the vacuum rather than for it to encounter another gas molecule. All right, so now we have our thermal vacuum gauge. It's got this heated element 
installed in, in the system. And this heated element is exposed to all these room temperature gas molecules that are zipping around, bouncing around inside the vacuum chamber. But every so often, one of these cool room temperature molecules is going to bounce off the heated element and carry away some of the wire's thermal energy. And that's how a thermal vacuum gauge works. We're going to measure the rate of thermal energy transfer. And that rate of thermal energy transfer is related to the pressure of the, of the gas. So let's take a look at a couple of extremes. Uh, let's, let's take a look first at, in high vacuum. Say we're at a pressure of 10 and minus 6 torr or less. Um, there'll be very few molecular collisions with our heated element. So the element gets hot and it's going to stay hot because there are so few collisions with the molecules. And a sidebar for now, we're going to disregard any thermal losses from the heated element due to thermal radiation loss or bulk conduction through the element supports. So we've looked at the high vacuum. Let's look at the other extreme. Let's look at high pressures. As we increase the pressure and we move out of the high vacuum region, there are more and more molecules. There are going to be more and more molecular collisions. So there are going to be more and more thermal energy transfer that's that's going to increase, which in turn is going to cool down the heated element, which in turn gives it a lower output. So that's basically how thermal vacuum gauges work. Now, early on, you mentioned there are three specific thermal vacuum gauges. Can you go in and describe them a little more? Sure. Um, let's start with thermocouple gauges. Uh, a thermocouple is formed, just a, you know, a generic term, thermocouple is formed whenever you have two dissimilar metals joined together. Now, it turns out that when you do that, you get a small voltage generated across the thermocouple junction. And that voltage is a function of temperature. So let's just take a second and break down that word thermocouple. It's pretty straightforward. Thermo means temperature. Couple means two things, right? So the thermocouple is used to measure temperature. Now, in our thermocouple gauge, we're going to measure the temperature of a heated wire inside the vacuum gauge tube. The temperature of the wire, or sets of wires in our case, gives a measurement of the pressure in the vacuum. Now, to give you some idea of the diameter of those wires, you can picture a thread of hair, right? These are very fine wires, right? So that's a thermocouple vacuum gauge. Let's uh, talk a little bit about prani vacuum gauges. In a prani sensor, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pass current through a wire located inside the vacuum, which will cause it to heat up, right? Just like your toaster oven. You run current through a wire and it heats up, right? Yep. The resistance of that wire is a function of its temperature. In the Prani circuit, the wire we just discussed is part of one leg of a resistance bridge. And a resistance bridge is just a circuit that allows us to make very precise measurements of the resistance of the wire in the vacuum. So we can determine the temperature of the wire, which in turn allows us to determine the pressure in the vacuum system. Now, most modern Pirani gauges uh, typically measure the power required to keep the heated wire at some temperature, maybe 50 Celsius or 100 Celsius uh, above the ambient temperature or some temperature in between above ambient. Um, this gives the arrangement a very fast response uh, to changing uh, pressure conditions. So the, the thin wire and every sounds like everything that's inside of these vacuum gauges is very small. Correct. Yep. Wow, that's interesting. Um, what are the benefits for people to use these thermal vacuum gauges? Sure. So there are several key benefits of thermocouple vacuum gauges. 
uh, first off, there are no moving parts, uh, so they could be made very rugged. Uh, vacuum gauge tubes, they can be dropped, shocked, vibrated, even launched into space, and they will still perform very well. As an example, we often share the story of the Apollo missions to the moon. Uh, NASA wanted to collect lunar samples that would not be exposed to Earth's atmosphere upon return. So that's simple enough. On the moon's surface, there's very good vacuum. You just put your uh, moon rocks in a container and then seal it up. But now, how do you know that the vacuum inside that container was maintained on the entire return journey, including the violent uh, reentry into the atmosphere, splashdown, all that? Yeah. Well, NASA selected Teledyne thermocouple vacuum sensors because they had tested and demonstrated their ruggedness. That ruggedness gives us our next key benefit, that's reliability. And it's very rare that a thermocouple gauge tube doesn't give some indication of vacuum level. So thermocouple gauge tubes are often a trusted component in many vacuum systems. And then size is also key. Thermocouple gauge tubes are smaller. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, how small the wires are. The gauge tubes themselves can be made smaller than many other vacuum sensors. So for instrument designers who need to keep things compact, a thermocouple gauge tube can be an excellent choice. Also, gauge tubes have a relatively small internal volume, uh, so they can be pumped down very quickly. Uh, plus, thermocouple gauge tubes are relatively inexpensive. So you, again, like I had said before, that there's, the wires are very, very thin, and you said in the beginning of this that they are very rugged, which seems to be counterintuitive. If something's very thin, it would be delicate. And that's absolutely the opposite of what you described, which shows yeah, so major there, engineering. There's very little mass there. Um, so when you think about momentum, you know, uh, transfer, there's there's really no mass to these, these small wires. So yeah, they are very, very rugged. And um, I'd like to talk later on about um, the uh, fabrication techniques that we use, uh, very reliable welds. Um, those wires aren't going anywhere. Yeah, clearly they're not. Um, it seems like there's, there could be some shortcomings, though, with some of the stuff we've identified. Is that uh, an issue? Well, thermocouple gauge tubes, uh, you know, we talked earlier about um, how they work, right, this thermal energy transfer. So thermocouple gauge tubes typically have a sweet spot of about three orders of magnitude of pressure where they have really good sensitivity. Uh, beyond that sweet spot, the sensitivity uh, tends to flatten out. Uh, for example, our, our DV6 series operates very well between one millitor, or what some people call one micron, and a thousand millitor, or one tor. So between one millitor, one tor, you've got this three orders of magnitude sweet spot. Um, now, other gauge tube series will have their own range of sweet spots. I'm not saying you can't make useful measurements outside of the sweet spot for a given gauge tube, but if you really need good accuracy across a wide range of pressures, say from atmospheric pressure down to a few millitor, then you might consider a combination gauge such as our HVG-2020B. In this gauge, we uh, combine sort of the best of both worlds. We combine a piezo-resistive gauge for higher pressure measurement and a prony for lower pressure measurement to give excellent performance, excellent accuracy across the entire range of pressure. So that, that's one of the shortcomings of a thermocouple gauge tube that, that users uh, should be aware of. Now, you talked about the um, thermovacuum gauge. The th the thermovacuum gauge is being used um, with the Apollo mission, so that's a really interesting application. What other places or industries or applications would be useful for using thermovacuum gauges? 
how, how long do we have? Um, as I mentioned earlier, thermocouple gauge tubes have no moving parts, so they're very rugged. Um, so they're a very good choice for many demanding applications. And let's start by talking about four-line monitoring. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh, in many industrial vacuum systems, take, for example, a vacuum furnace, uh, there's, there's going to be a high vacuum pump as well as the backing pump or what's called the roughing pump. So in these systems, you have a two-pump system. And you will find this pump arrangement also in many semiconductor systems. Uh, in between these two pumps is what's called the four-line. Now, the four-line is typically maintained in the lower millicore region, um, and the thermocouple vacuum gauge tubes are an excellent choice for four-line monitoring. Uh, they're small, inexpensive, and very reliable. Um, another very important application for thermocouple vacuum gauges is um, cryogenic storage and transport of liquefied gases. Uh, in a cryogenic tank, uh, let's say uh, like in, an, in a liquefied oxygen tank, in a cryogenic tank, there's a vacuum barrier to insulate the liquefied gas from the temperatures of the outside world. The thermocouple gauge tube is used to ensure that the vacuum is adequate to properly store liquefied gases. So whether it's oxygen or nitrogen, um, that's where the thermocouple gauge tube comes in. Make sure that that vacuum uh, insulation barrier is at the right level. So when you stop to think about it, a thermal conductivity gauge is really the best technology for this application because it's measuring how well the vacuum is insulating. And not just stationary tanks. Our thermocouple gauge tubes are used on 18-wheelers on the highway as well as rail cars. Um, so the next time you see one of those... Uh, uh, liquefied uh, tanker trucks going down the highway. Uh, look for the set of doors, often in the back. If you were to open up the doors and look up towards the top, you would find one of our gauge tubes. And, you know, we also work with many analytical instrumentation companies. Uh, for example, high-speed ultra-centrifuges rely on good vacuum to ensure separation of blood products or other medical samples. Um, our gauge tubes have many years of proven reliability and that's sort of very vital work. Uh, another example in the utility industry, our thermocouple gauge tubes are used when the dielectric oil and large electrical transformers are serviced. Um, I could keep going, freeze drying, HVAC, charging systems. Um, it's what makes the job fun. I mean, we get to hear about and solve new vacuum ch challenges and thermocouple gauge tubes are, are often the best solution for those applications. So basically they are everywhere you look. It's fun now. There you go. <laughs> and when I see a truck going down the highway, I'm now going to look for those doors in the back of it. Yeah, or you know, if you're uh, at a hospital or university, you see those big um, liquid nitrogen tanks sitting outside the building. You know, yeah, you'll find our, our gauge tubes down at the bottom, and and not just the tanks, but also the uh, the vacuum insulated piping that carries the the, the liquid from the tank to the uh, to the inside of the building. So uh, they'll distribute gauge tubes every you know. Um, 10 or so meters. Well, we should challenge our listeners to um, find places where the vacuum gauges are and post them on our social media channels. Nice. Yeah, very good. <laughs> it's a little treasure, a uh, scavenger hunt kind of thing. Excellent. <laughs> so uh, let's move on here. What are some of the, the best practices that you can provide to our, our the users? Sure. Um, so a couple of things we tell users about thermocouple vacuum gauge tubes, and this is true of all the uh, thermal uh, type of uh, uh, vacuum
vacuum gauges. Oftentimes, because of their ruggedness, our gauge tubes get installed in very dirty, very oily vacuum systems. So what can happen over time is that oil vapor can build up on these uh, fine gauge tube wires that we talked about earlier inside the vacuum. And, and this, in turn, will result in higher and higher readings by the gauge tube for a given true pressure. Um, in some applications, the user understands this, and they, they'll periodically replace the old gauge tube with a new gauge tube. Um, again, gauge tubes are, are economical, so it's, you know, it's not a large expense. But you know, it's good practice. Um, it's better to install the gauge tube with the port facing down. Uh, this will decrease contaminants from collecting in the tube shell. Um, and second, if you have heavy oil vapors and you really want to extend the gauge tube lifetime, uh, you should consider uh, a molecular sieve filter, and we can provide information on that. That's great. And, and um, as you said that, I wanted to just add in here that uh, we will put some links on the um, podcast summary for people to click on if they need more information. I'll mention that again in the, the end, but good time for me to mention that. Um, how about some unique features that are on Hastings vacuum gauges that would stand out above others? Unique features. Um well, I will tell you that I'm, I'm especially proud of the quality of our vacuum products. Um, the materials we use, our people, our processes, um, they're all selected and maintained with our quality system to produce excellent consistency, reliability, um, reliable vacuum gauge tubes. Um, let me be a little more specific. If you recall, you know, I mentioned how the thermocouple gauge tubes use you know, these really fine wires, right, about the size of your hair to measure temperature which in turn you can determine the vacuum level. Um, these fine wires are joined at a thermocouple junction and it's very important. It's critical that each set of thermocouples from tube to tube be as identical as possible. Moreover, it's, it's important that the welding of these wires to the feed through posts be consistent and reliable. If you have unreliable welds, then you're gonna have problems with, you know, output and that sort of thing. So if any of the welds are poor, we're not gonna have our ruggedness that's what sets us apart. Other companies try to make these devices, uh, but we don't believe there's anybody that makes vacuum gauge tubes with our level of quality. Uh, in fact, a few years ago, uh, we evaluated gauge tubes from different companies. Uh, we measured the consistency of the output. We took pictures of their internals. Um, and if you want to see those results, uh, you can find those on a website we put together, uh, www.hastingsgauge.com. You take a look inside and, and um, see the results for yourself. Well, and you, Hastings has been in business for over 75 years, so that, that shows a, a great quality of workmanship. The products have been around for quite some time. It's a testament to, yes. to the work. Well, that's all we have time today, so I want to thank you. But first, um, I know our listeners have enjoyed learning about mass or thermal vacuum gauges, what they are and, and how they're used. Um, I know I have definitely learned a lot on this. And we'll, like I said earlier, we'll include links on our podcast channel under this episode for some additional information on the thermal vacuum gauges. Um, so thank you, Doug, for your time today and look forward My to pleasure. the next thank podcast. You. Appreciate Already. it. Thanks for listening to the Tax Tech Talk podcast. For more information about our products and the solutions we offer, please visit www.teledyneacs.com. If you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing this show. 
that way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.